0: This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. So, I mean, it doesn't get any cheaper than that. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm editing this podcast from a Chromebook using the web, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, If I can do it, you can certainly do it. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more services. So you don't have to go to each individual podcast service. And distribute it yourself. It automatically does that for you. So that's pretty awesome. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, I mean, that's a pretty good way to make some money. Um, And then, last but not least, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app for iOS or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm to get started or download the app for iOS or Android today the following episode may contain language that is not suitable for certain listeners listeners discretion is advised Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I am your host, Chibese Anakor, and on this episode, we'll be talking about Netflix's new short, Canvas, and then after that, we'll be talking about why it's time to stop sleeping on Google Stadia, and then after that, we'll get into Disney Investor Day highlights. And without further ado... Let's jump right into it. All right, so there's been a lot that has happened within the past few weeks, like, such as Sony officially acquiring Crunchyroll, and if you missed my segment on what Sony owning Crunchyroll could mean for the anime industry, I suggest that you go and listen to episode 19, and then you can come back to this episode. And then there's also been some talk about the new Winx Club live-action show, which I haven't gone into, so I don't really know much about that. But despite all of that, I want to talk about Netflix's Canvas. And I'm sorry, Bryant Chappelle from the Nerf Report, I stole your topic intro, but I can make it up to you by linking your show in the show notes. Cool. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, let's talk about Netflix's Canvas, because there was a short that, or er, Netflix's Or Canvas, yeah, Canvas is a short that just recently dropped on Netflix, and it was created by Frank Abney, who is a former Pixar animator who worked on the upcoming movie Soul, which is less than a week away from releasing. And he also executive produced the Matthew A. Cherry short, Hair Love. So, he's pretty well versed in the animation industry. So, so, this short, it just recently dropped on Netflix without really any promotion attached to it. So, it's so i feel like i or i want to be able to you know shed some more light on it and you know at least give it more exposure with this segment because there's a, there's quite a bit to talk about here so this short naturally from the visuals it looks very pixar like which makes sense because The guy who worked on it, Frank Abney, is a former Pixar animator. So that makes a whole lot of sense. And also, it does such a great job of capturing particularly African-American features. Because a lot of times in animated movies, especially... In CG animated movies, there are less African Americans in those movies, and so there are less opportunities for their features to be highlighted. And so I think that's very important. And also, I just, or let me just go through the plot really quickly, and you know, of course, spoilers ahead so, fair warning. So, basically, I'm gonna try not to spoil too much, but, like, the short is about a grandfather who struggles to find the inspiration to paint, especially after his wife passed away, but he found, or he later finds the inspiration when his daughter, or not his daughter, his granddaughter comes to visit, and, yeah, it's, is such a beautiful short. It's very powerful. It deals with topics like, you know, loss and, you know, trying to find the inspiration to create. And that's something that resonates with me, you know, especially as someone who's lost someone dear to me. Like, you know, I still are... I still deal with the fact that, you know, one of my sisters is gone. And, like, it especially hits a bit harder, you know, at this time of the year because that's when, like, the whole family is supposed to get together. So just, like, not having having my oldest sister around is definitely something that, you know, just... It's something that resonates with me and also finding the inspiration to create because that resonates with me as well. Because even sometimes with this podcast, I mean, even though I've only started this podcast back in April, so it's about eight months old at this point, like sometimes I get demotivated to to create some more content and that may be due to something you know outside of like this podcast like my day job or you know family issues or things like that like any of those things could demotivate me to create so it's very so like seeing a short that that like that conveys that in such a beautiful way it's extremely important and and so now I just want to get into you know why you should watch it because or for one this short is visually stunning like it's So beautiful. Or like I said, like the backgrounds, the textures, the the features, like especially the African-American features. They come across very well in this short. And also another reason why you should watch is because Netflix's lack of promotion hurt its visibility like I even had to go and search for it just to watch it because I watch a lot of animated content especially on Netflix with you know a bunch of anime and you know some cartoons here and there as well so I thought that you know I wouldn't have had to search as hard for it as someone who mainly watches live action content but no even for me it was pretty hard to find well I shouldn't say hard to find but it wasn't you know put in my face and so if it weren't for social media I wouldn't have even heard about this short r- releasing on Netflix so yeah Netflix I think needs to do a better job of promoting this short because like it's a crime that they aren't doing that because this short would go unseen by a lot of people. And so, and so I'm hoping to mitigate that, or I'm hoping to at least reduce the likelihood of that happening. So, you know, definitely watch it. And another reason why you should watch canvas is because it's only a nine minute short. So everyone has nine minutes in this quarantine time that we're living in. So, you know, why not just spend nine minutes to watch this short? I mean, it's definitely not a big time commitment. And, you know, what are you doing that's that's much better anyway? There's not really much to do but yeah also if you want more content like canvas to be made then definitely watch canvas on netflix because i for one think more content like it should be made is very beautiful it's like it's very emotional and it's just it's one of those things that, or that is very important. And I think that in the generations to come, this short could definitely end up being a... Or being one of those... Or like a cult classic within, you know, maybe the African-American community. I could easily see that happening. And so... Yeah, I think more content like Canvas should be made. And I have a link in the show notes that will take you directly to the Canvas short on Netflix. And I'll also include a link to Frank Abney's Twitter. Make sure you show him some love as well. He did a fantastic job on this short. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Let or let me know what you think of Netflix's Canvas. Have you seen it? Have you not seen it yet? Or do you want to see it? If you have seen it, what did you think of it? What did you think of the visuals? What did you think of the animation quality? What did you think of the message that it's trying to send? Let me know all of your thoughts on social media or on Discord, and we can continue the conversation there. But yeah, that's going to do it for this one. Up next, we'll be getting into why it's time to stop sleeping on Google Stadia. And then after that... We'll get into Disney Investor Day highlights. The Cells and Circuits podcast will be right back. This episode is sponsored by Yubico. Yubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. Their YubiKey is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So, what can you do to protect your accounts? Well, Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code pod at yubico.com. That's code P O D at yu-b-i-c-o.com. Say hello to the YubiKey and goodbye to account takeovers. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners, did you know that we now have a merch store? It's true. In partnership with Bonfire, we've launched the Cells and Circuit Shop, where you can find t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. So hit the link in the show notes to visit the Cells and Circuit Shop and start getting your merch today. It really does help out the show. Thanks for your support, and now, back to the show. Welcome back, and now it's time to talk about why it's time to stop sleeping on Google Stadia. So I should also mention that this is not sponsored content. Neither Google nor CD Projekt Red has ever heard this content before. They're hearing it for the first time right alongside you. Google Stadia had a pretty rough launch. But the platform has come so far in over a year, and if you missed my one-year retrospective on Google Stadia, I have a link to episode 19, or I could just refer you to episode 19, and you can listen to that episode. But... But I want to talk about, like, why you may be ignoring Google Stadia. And, you know, like I said, it had a rough launch. And your favorite gaming influencer or journalist may have given it a bad review at launch. And with technology and, you know, gaming and stuff like that, if it's not good at launch, like there's a pretty good chance people won't give it a second chance. And, or at least in the influencer and journalist community, like that's just how like that piece of content creation works, or at least that's what I've noticed amongst those like YouTubers and, and some journalists as well. But then those same people have either never talked about Stadia again, A, or B, only talked about it when there's something negative to say, or C, they're trying to pretend it just doesn't exist. So... So, yeah, I mean, with gaming influencers and journalists like like a lot of them have been pretty anti-stadia and will take every will take every chance they can get to, you know, talk shit about it and or they'll, you know, try and, you know, pretend that it doesn't exist and only act like there's one player, Microsoft in town in the cloud gaming space which is definitely not true and especially with with this new console generation that has just started with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S there's going to be a lot of financial incentive for gaming journalists and influencers to not tell you about all of the options that you the consumer have available to you for specific games and the best example of that so far has been Cyberpunk 2077 I mean you probably saw that coming Anyway, so Cyberpunk 2077, it launched on December 9th on PC and Stadia and December 10th on consoles. During that launch of the PC version, that everyone trying to download it eventually just crashed Steam. And I will admit, Stadia also had some issues at launch, but those, were, but those were resolved within minutes rather than the hours that it took on other platforms. So, you know, kudos to Stadia there. But I also live-streamed the first part of Cyberpunk 2077 on December 9th, as a Cells and Circuits first look using Google Stadia's new live stream or direct live streaming to YouTube feature. So if you missed that, I will have a link to that in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're listening on. So you can go watch that. But anyway, and then on December 10th, or a few hours later, at midnight, the console version released. And, oh boy, if you were lucky enough to to snag a next-gen console, consider yourself very lucky, because... For those of us like me, excuse me, who are stuck with the Xbox One and the PS4 and cannot get a next-gen console and you bought Cyberpunk 2077 for an Xbox One or a PS4 and you have one of the launch models of either of those consoles, whew. The quality of that game is very poor. It is not a good port to those consoles. And and I really feel bad for the people who do have, have the launch versions of the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. Because those bugs, or the bugs that were prevalent in those particular consoles... Didn't really show up on the versions of Cyberpunk 2077 that were running on newer hardware. Like, you know, maybe the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X or the new generation consoles or PC or Google Stadia. So I feel really bad for those people. And, you know, if you're trying to get a refund, I really do hope that you get it but anyway yeah the previous gen consoles if you have a launch version like the 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 rendering has been off the textures look like something out of a ps1 game if that <laughs> so it's, it's not a great experience on xbox one and ps4 at least if you have the launch Uh, versions of those consoles but for Stadia those users were up and running within minutes and like I said I was one of them as soon as the charge hit my hit my account I was ready to go and I was live streaming within minutes and yeah like I said you can watch that on our YouTube channel have a link to that in the show notes. But Stadia users were up and running within minutes. And for me, I'm very glad that I just canceled my pre-order on Xbox when I found out that Stadia was getting Cyberpunk 2077 day and date with consoles. And whew, I dodged a bullet there. But anyway, and Stadia kind of received one of the best versions of Cyberpunk 2077. There were way less bugs in that version and you even have things like a visual mode which bumps you up to 4K if you have a Stadia Pro membership or you can... Play the game in performance mode, which is 1080p 60 frames a second, but visual modes 4k 30 frames a second. I don't know if it's been updated. If it has, let me know on social media, and I'll be sure to um, include that in the show notes. But But yeah, Stadia kind of, or it received one of the best versions of the game, even with major gaming news sites, putting it at the level of the next-gen consoles right below PC. So, like, that's pretty awesome, or that's a pretty glowing uh, recommendation for Stadia you know, in comparison with consoles. And I think that's just awesome. And if you were one of the people who pre-ordered the Stadia version of Cyberpunk 2077, or if you bought it after launch up until December 13th, I believe, you received a free Stadia controller and Chromecast Ultra in a bundle that Google calls the Stadia Premiere Edition just for buying the game which is a $99 value that they that they added in at no additional cost so you got $160 worth of material just for 60 bucks which is insane and you know basically Google just gave people who bought Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia next gen console pretty much for free just for getting the game on Stadia. So that's insane to think about. No other platform could match that. So yeah, just, just something to think about. But unfortunately that promo is over. So if you didn't, so if you weren't, able to so if you weren't able to take advantage of that don't worry i'll have something for you at the end of this segment so be or keep an ear out for that but one of the best things about cyberpunk 2077 and really any other game on stadia is that you can play it on a screen that you already own so For instance, my favorite way of playing Stadia is on a TV with a Chromecast Ultra, which is one of the only ways of playing Stadia on a TV without actually plugging in a computer or a phone. So that's something to think about. But also, you can play on your... You can play on your computer, whether it runs Windows, Mac OS, Chrome OS, or Linux. You can play on that computer, and then you can also play on your Android phone or tablet. And as of this past week, you can also play Stadia on iOS and iPad OS devices. So, that's awesome. Like you have a triple a game one of the most anticipated games of 2020 available to you on any screen that you own pretty much so like you're not tethered to just the living room or wherever your console is like you can play On mobile data with either 4G or 5G you can play on your laptop at like a coffee house or something like that whenever you know it's safe to go back to those again and you could also if you want that console like experience you can play it on your TV with a Chromecast Ultra so the flexibility is one of those things that is a selling point for stadia but also the ability to play cyberpunk and other games on stadia um, with no downloads or updates like i can't tell you how many times that i've played games with my friends over on xbox and I, er, and they would recommend that I install a game that I don't either own yet or haven't installed on my Xbox yet. They would recommend me to install a game and it would take forever and ever and I just feel like I've traveled back in time because after using Stadia, where I don't have to deal with The downloads or the updates. Like. It's just. It's just changed my expectations. In gaming. And so. But that's just me. Also I should mention. You know before the NVIDIA boys come for me. That yes I know. Cyberpunk 2077 is also on GeForce now. But. But I should say, but the way Stadia compares to GeForce Now is that you don't have to wait on a rig to be available for you to play. So normally on GeForce Now, you have to wait for a gaming rig because with GeForce Now, um, you basically have Windows PCs with with NVIDIA GeForce graphics GPUs. or NVIDIA GeForce GPUs in the cloud, whereas whereas with Google Stadia, you don't have to wait on a rig. Like, you're basically in the game within seconds. So, so there's that. And then you also, are also on Stadia, you're not limited in the amount of hours that you have to play. Like, Stadia, you can play as long as you want. You can have a 12-hour gaming session if you want. Whereas with GeForce Now, you're limited to six hours on the paid plan and just one hour on the free tier. So, but Stadia, there's no limits on how long you can play. Um, you, You can play an unlimited amount of time no matter which tier you're on. So I think that's Also an important um, aspect to try and compare the Stadia and GeForce Now editions of Cyberpunk 2077. But no matter if you play on Stadia or GeForce Now, you're probably going to have a good time. But anyway, yeah, if if you were one of those people who didn't get the chance to get the free... Stadia controller and Chromecast Ultra or the Stadia Premiere Edition, I will be doing a giveaway of a Stadia Premiere Edition. So I will have a link in the show notes where you can enter code NIGHT in the form for the giveaway. And then all you have to do is enter your social media account or your email for me to contact you if you win and yeah good luck also if you want to get stadia pro and play cyberpunk 2077 in its full 4k glory i will have a link in the show notes for you to do that as well you have you do have to buy the game but you do get two free months of stadia pro which allows you to get up to 4K 60 games. And yeah, that's about it. Let me know what you think of the Stadia version of Cyberpunk 2077. Also, I should mention that Stadia is one of the only places to play Cyberpunk 2077 because as of this past week, Sony has delisted, just straight up removed Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store. So if you have a PS4 or PS5, you won't be able to play that game. But you can play it on Google Stadia, which honestly, Google Stadia has the better version of Cyberpunk 2077 anyway. So... So if you wanna play the most accessible version of Cyberpunk 2077 with the least amount of hardware investment costs, Stadia is definitely the way to go in my opinion. Especially if you're not able to get a new generation console like the Xbox Series X or the PS5. Or if you're just strapped for cash and you don't have the money to drop on the Xbox Series X or the PS5, which is understandable, given this economy, which has just been demolished during this pandemic. But anyway, just wanted to mention that before I ended it. Also, shout out to QLOC which is the company that partnered with CD Projekt Red to develop the Google Stadia version of Cyberpunk 2077. I will have a link to their social media, if I can find it, in the show notes. Also, I wanna do my part in helping to combat a lot of the misinformation that surrounds both Stadia and cloud gaming in general. So I will have links to creators that I think do an excellent job of giving out news in regards to cloud gaming services such as Stadia and Luna and GeForce Now. So yeah, like, For example, we have the Nerf Report, Bryant Chappelle does a great job, Stadia Source, Avery and Dan and everyone there does a great job as well. And then we also have the Luna cast, they do a pretty great job um, with all the Amazon Luna stuff. Yeah, the gaming advocate, Chase is an awesome guy, hosts his show every Saturday morning, so do check him out as well. Cloudy with a Chance of Games, that website does a lot of great content on all of the cloud gaming services, and Stadia Dosage does a really great job with his content as well. So... Show them all some love. I will have links to their YouTube and Twitch channels in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. But yeah, show them some love and tell them that Cells and Circuits sent you. But let me know what you think of the Google Stadia version of Cyberpunk 2077 Have you played Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia? Do you like it? Do you hate it? How many hours have you played on it? How does it compare to the PC version, the Xbox version, the PlayStation version? If you uh, were able to purchase that, let me know. On social media or on Discord, and we can continue the conversation there. But yeah, that is going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be getting into Disney Investor Day highlights. The Cells and Circuits podcast will return in a moment. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners. Want to support the show without having to buy any merch? Well, you can do that by buying us a coffee. All it takes is just one U.S. dollar to help support the show. So click the link in the show notes or go to ko-fi.com slash circuits to help make the Cells and Circuits podcast a better show for you are you a small business looking for a financial platform to do business on check out payment the first black owned financial platform where you can do things like sending invoices accepting payments and more features will be added in the future if you watch trigger warning with killer mike on netflix You know that money stays within the black community for an average of six hours compared to the days and sometimes weeks that other communities get. So if you want to bring or keep money in the black community, join Payment, that's P-E-Y-M-Y-N-T, at the affiliate link in the show notes today. Welcome back and now it's time to talk about the Disney Investor Day highlights and fair warning even though this is an animation based podcast I will be talking about quite a lot of live action content in this particular segment so just fair warning there but let's get into it because there's a lot i mean a lot to get through and these are just the highlights This it or what i'm gonna talk about isn't even everything that's been announced but i will link the twitter thread that contains everything that disney did announce as well as disney's official press release in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're listening to this on. And yeah, let's let's just jump right into it. So, first up, let's just get the general announcements out of the way. So, over the next few years on Disney+, there will be 10 Marvel series... 10 Star Wars series, 15 Disney live action, Disney animation, and Pixar series and movies will release on Disney Plus. So like that's that's insane. That's a lot to, that's a lot of content just to think about. But whew. And each one of those brands has a lot to offer. I will say, and yeah, as I get into each Disney brand and what they have to offer, I will um, definitely be shedding light on a lot of the stuff that I found interesting, so stay tuned for that. But next up, Disney is launching a new streaming service called Star, and it'll have an It'll have a different version, Star Plus, which will be a Latin American exclusive separate streaming service outside of Disney Plus. But in all of the other markets that Star is launching in, it'll be added on to Disney Plus. So, Star will basically, or it will consist mostly of Disney's adult-oriented brands, such as FX, 20th Century Studios, and Searchlight Pictures, which, you know, all of those brands Disney had bought in the 21st Century Fox acquisition. And I assume they'll also have adult oriented content from both Disney and 21st Century Fox's back catalog. So, so what do I think about Star? I think that Star will eventually become the Disney or the one Disney streaming service to rule them all. So like here in the U.S., There's Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus, but we won't really be focusing on ESPN Plus. So Disney Plus and Hulu and Hulu consists of a lot of third-party content from other studios and networks, as well as Disney's adult-oriented brands like FX and... And I can't say 20th Century Studios because here in the U.S., 20th Century Studios does have a, an existing agreement, excuse me, with HBO. So through 2022, I believe, 20th Century Studios movies will be going to HBO Max rather than Disney Plus or Hulu, at least here in the U.S., so so there's that but yeah I mean here in the US Disney's really made a point to have FX be an integral part of Hulu that's why there's the FX on Hulu hub which we'll talk about a couple of the shows coming to FX on Hulu but you get those FX shows included with your Hulu subscription at no extra cost because Disney owns both of those brands. So but Hulu has it struggled because of the way it operates. It struggled to in or er, expand internationally. And then also before Hulu ...almost fully became part of Disney, or before Disney was the majority owner of Hulu, Hulu itself had actually uh, sold its Japanese branch to Nippon Television, which is a Japanese company, so Disney can't use the Hulu name in Japan, so... So, they have to use the Star brand, which Star already operates in India and other markets. And that's, and again, just like with FX and 20th Century Studios, it's another brand that Disney bought in the 21st Century Fox acquisition. So, they'll be expanding the Star brand internationally, you know, with Latin America. You know, certain parts of Europe, I'm assuming Africa as well, and Asia, particularly in Korea and Japan. And so I eventually think that if Disney untangles the rights to, to their content that's on other platforms like HBO Max with the 20th Century Studios content and searchlight pictures as well. I do think that Hulu may eventually rebrand into Star here in the U.S., and then we could just have one Disney-owned service to rule them all. But that is obviously going to take some time. And what's interesting about Star is that It'll be an add-on to Disney Plus in some markets, like I mentioned earlier. So shows that are Hulu exclusive or Hulu originals here in the U.S., or at least most of them, will be on Star internationally. So if you think about it, and Disney even showed this in their Investor Day video, they'll have, and this is wild to me, Solar Opposites was one of the, or which is a Hulu original solar opposites was one of the shows that they highlighted. That'll be part of star in those international markets. So technically solar opposites in certain parts of the world will be on Disney plus, which is absolutely fucking wild to think about, but (laughs) that's, As a reality. Uh, So yeah. I do think that Star will eventually. Morph into the one Disney service. Or streaming service. To rule them all. But I do want to know what you think about that. On social media. Or on Discord. But anyway. Let's move on to FX. So FX. Or the FX networks. Again a. Um, property that Disney acquired from the 21st Century Fox acquisition consists of, you know, mostly or, yeah, mostly adult content. So Disney did announce that new seasons of shows like Atlanta, Snowfall, and Archer are coming to FX and FXX. The former two will be on FX and Archer will be on FXX. So that's awesome to see. I'm a fan of all three of those shows. And also they announced that new seasons of other shows or other FX originals will also be coming. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited for just Atlanta, Snowfall and Archer. And then as far as FX on Hulu goes I'm interested in Alien because Alien is a franchise that Disney also owns now thanks to the 21st Century Fox acquisition so I'm interested in that and then I'm also interested in Shogun so which which is a show that you know you know from just the title is probably going to be set in Japan, so I am definitely interested in that. As someone who's interested in, you know, Japanese culture, and I've, you know, I love watching samurai stuff. I love playing samurai games. That's why I'm so. That's why I'm so enthralled by video games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm playing that right now on the PS4 Pro. I also have uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice on Google Stadia. And then I have a Samurai Jack Battle Through Time on Xbox One. So, So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of, like, Samurai content and, like, just that period of time in Japanese history. So, um very interested in seeing what Shogun has to offer on FX on Hulu. But speaking of Hulu, let's just go right into Hulu. So Hulu's original series, or Disney announced that Hulu's original series, or anything that they announced on Disney Investor Day, will be streaming on Hulu in the U.S. and Star internationally. So so that's awesome to see. And so I'm glad that at least Hulu originals will get a worldwide release via Star. So that's nice to see. But also, Hulu will get exclusive movies from... 20th Century Studios and Searchlight Pictures, which makes sense because those are probably movies that won't fit on Disney Plus due to there being adult content in them. So yeah, that, I mean, that totally makes sense. And I see those movies, again, being star exclusives internationally. But I do wonder when those 20th Century Studios and Searchlight Pictures movies will hit Hulu and Star. Because, like I mentioned before, here in the U.S., 20th Century Studios has a deal with HBO that goes into 2022. So, so yeah, it will be interesting to see um, what development comes from that. But speaking of 20th century studios, let's just go into their announcement, and they just have one that is is interesting to me, and that's that Diary of a Wimpy Kid is coming to Disney Plus as an animated movie, and so... That's awesome to see. I'm assuming Blue Sky is probably going to handle it since Blue Sky was owned by 20th Century Studios. So it would just make sense for them to animate a Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. And plus, like, From what I've seen of the teaser that Disney had shown for that Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie, it's it doesn't look like anything that Disney Animation Studios or Pixar makes. So, yeah, all signs point to it being a Blue Sky production, but... I could be wrong, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see for that, but also, uh, and I forgot to put this in my notes, but Night at the Museum is also coming to Disney Plus as an animated, as an animated, I think it's a movie or, I'm not sure if it's a movie or a series. Do let me know in the, or, or on social media or on Discord, but yeah, I'm interested in seeing a an animated night at the museum. That should be pretty fun. So, those were the two 20th Century Studios announcements that interested me. So, now we can get into Disney Animation Studios, which has a few good things coming. First up is... Raya and the Last Dragon that comes out March 5th, 2021, both in theaters and on Disney Plus. But the Disney Plus version comes at or with premiere access, meaning it's the same release strategy that they had with this year's Mulan movie, so you do have to pay an extra um, fee in addition to having a Disney Plus subscription. So that is a bummer. So if I were you, I'd probably just wait until it is available to all Disney Plus subscribers without that extra cost. So it'll be probably about like three months or so after the release date. So so just keep an eye out for that. But also, Disney animation Studios, um, not the television side, but the movie side is actually is actually going to start producing television series for Disney plus so there are four of them that are coming, which are Baymax, so he was easily my favorite character of the Big Hero Six series, so I'm glad or well of the big. Big Hero 6 movie. So I'm glad that he's getting his own series. And then Zootopia Plus is also coming to Disney Plus. So many pluses. So I'm excited for that too because Zootopia was a great movie. So very much looking forward to that. And then Tiana is coming to Disney Plus Plus. And, you know, I hope she stays a human the whole time instead of being a damn frog for, like, half of the series. But we'll see. But I am glad that Tiana is getting her own series. It's about damn time, or it's well past time for that. And, you know, it's just... I'm glad that, you know, a lot of, especially black women... Um, or black girls, little black girls will get to see themselves as Disney princesses. Cause like, you know, like, I think that's very important. So, so very excited for that. And then last up for those series is Moana the series that's coming to Disney Plus as well and I have and surprisingly enough I haven't seen Moana yet so you know don't fight me (laughs) I will watch it I will watch it but yeah but I've heard Moana's good so I'll definitely watch Moana the movie but but i am pretty excited for the series and i'll make sure to watch the movie before the series comes out but anyway disney also or disney animation also has an animated film called Encanto that's coming to theaters and that's about a that is about a f- magical family that lives in colombia so that'll be pretty interesting to see and I'm just glad that we're getting um a an animated movie about a Latinx origin or a Latinx family that, you know, doesn't center around Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos. I'm just I'm very glad uh, to see that because after both Coco and The Book of Life, you know, I think that we've had, you know, some good Day of the Dead animated content in the past decade. So, I think we can hold off on that for um a little while longer, but the most or the most interesting and probably one of the things that Disney announced that I'm the most hyped for is an animated series called Iwaju. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not, but it's coming to Disney Plus in 2022 and it's a collaboration between Disney Animation Studios and Pan African Entertainment Company Kugali Media. So that is a very awesome thing to see and it's going to be based on the comic book of the same name but i i cannot express like how important a series like this is especially considering that most of the content that we've had you know Except for maybe like Black Panther and maybe like a couple of other stuff. Most of the content that Hollywood has produced that's set in Africa is usually either about like, you know, some safaris, you know, look at those animals over there or like just painting Africa in a negative light. You know, how it's basically, like, war-torn and disease-ridden and things like that. All those negative stereotypes. So, I'm glad to see that, like, that we're getting a more futuristic or an, a more Afro-futurist series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. I think that's very important and hopefully it kicks off a wave of more Pan-African content. Maybe we'll see, you know, other studios, other Hollywood studios, and who knows, maybe studios in other country, or other parts of the world, like, you know, maybe Japan. You know, just saying, you know, like, Japan, y'all are kind of light on African set anime so you know may want to work on that just just saying but anyway (laughs) yeah i'm really excited for iwaju and i'm uh definitely going to be reading the comics before the show comes out and i'm going to be keeping an eye out for this because if you told uh little chibese that that we would be getting a an afrofuturist animated series on disney plus in collaboration with an african company like i wouldn't or i wouldn't believe you (laughs) i just wouldn't but it's actually happening and i'm really excited about that so and with that we can transition into pixar So Pixar has quite a bit of content coming out within the next few years. So let's just let's just go right into it. First up is Pixar Popcorn, which is like and I believe it's an anthology of shorts featuring various Pixar characters. So that'll be interesting to see. And that's coming next month. In January 2021. So, yeah, that's. I very much look forward to seeing that. And then also, Doug Days is coming to Disney Plus in fall of 2021. So, if you remember, Doug from Disney Pixar's Up is going to be getting his own series. Uh, so, it'll be nice to see the doggo. <laughs> Get his own series. And then next up is Win or Lose, which is a Pixar long form animated series, which is the first of its kind from Pixar, in which each episode is told from the perspective of one player on a middle school basketball or not basketball, middle school baseball team. And that comes to Disney Plus in fall of 2023. So that's that's going to be pretty interesting to see. I It'll basically kind of be like an anthology that's kind of connected in a way. Because each episode is from the perspective of a different player on... middle school baseball team so that'll be an interesting way of doing an animated series so I'm looking forward to that and then next up is a Disney Pixar's Luca that's coming to theaters and that's a movie by the way that's coming to theaters um, in June 2021 and then Turning Red which is excuse me, which is a movie from Bao, director Domei Shi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize if I pronounce that incorrectly. But yeah, she directed Disney Pixar's Bao, which was a short that's obviously an Asian-based short from uh, Pixar. And that's coming into theaters March 11th of 2022, so I'm looking forward to that. It should be interesting to see that coming from Pixar. And then last but not least from Pixar is Lightyear, which is starring none other than Captain America himself, Chris Evans, and that's based on the human character that Buzz Lightyear was kind of made from in the Toy Story universe. So that'll be a a very interesting movie to check out. And that's coming to theaters June 17th of 2022. So be on the lookout for that. Mm And so these next two segments, or these next two brands, they have... Quite a lot of content coming to Disney Plus, so I'm gonna try and go through them all as quickly as possible, but you know, I I can't really guarantee that you know I will because I'm just so excited for all of this, but so so with that being said, we'll transition into Marvel Studios and Marvel Studios like They've done wonders for Disney. So it's no surprise that there's going to be quite a lot of content coming from Marvel Studios within the next few years. So first up, um, we have WandaVision coming January 15th, 2021. So just a few weeks away from this recording. So I'm excited for that. And it gives me a reason to... Not drop my Disney Plus subscription after The Mandalorian had just ended. So, there's that. But then also, there's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's coming to theaters March 25th of 2022. And then we have The Falcon and the Winter Soldier which is coming to Disney Plus March 19th 2021. So The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was probably one of the Disney Plus series that I've looked for or that I've looked forward to the most. So I'm definitely excited about that and you know the fact that it's just a few months away is really exciting. I can't wait and then Black Widow comes to theaters May 7th, 2021. You know, I mean, it it may not be as exciting as pretty much anything else on on this list, but at the very least, the action looks really good, so I do hope that it'll at least be entertaining to watch, but... Next up um we have Loki which is coming to Disney Plus in May of 2021 so again just a few months away so that's really exciting I'm interested in what like what adventures Loki gets into on Disney Plus so next up is the first Animated series from Marvel Studios called What If, and that's coming to Disney Plus in summer of 2021. And it's basically, or it asks the question, What if? and it you know shows the possibilities of what could have been or what could have happened in the Marvel universe or in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's going to be very interesting to see and I believe that that what if also has Chadwick Bozeman's final performance as Black Panther. So you know, it'll be very bittersweet, but I am excited for it nonetheless. And so yeah, look forward to that summer 2021 on Disney Plus. And then next up, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's coming to theaters July 9th of 2021. So, you know, it'll be the first Asian-led Marvel movie. So that'll be pretty awesome to see. Like, we've already had a woman-led Marvel movie in Captain Marvel. And then we've already had a black-led a Marvel movie in Black Panther, so Shang-Chi will be a very interesting Marvel movie, and it'll be pretty significant in or because it's the first Asian-led Marvel movie, so interested in that. And then next up is Miss Marvel, and she's getting her own series coming to Disney Plus in late 2021, so I'm interested in seeing Miss Marvel actually playing the uh, Marvel Avengers game right now on Google Stadia. I I know that that game has you know gotten a lot of flack, but I'm enjoying the single player campaign and and I'm also enjoying playing as Miss Marvel. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in her own Disney Plus series. And then next up is Captain Marvel 2, and that's coming to theaters November 11th, 2022. And that's being directed by Nia DaCosta, who directed the Candyman movie. So yeah, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to Captain Marvel 2 even though i the first movie like it was decent it wasn't one of the or it wasn't one of the greatest marvel uh studios movies that has come out so i'm hoping that captain marvel 2 improves on the first captain marvel movie next up is eternals that's coming to theaters There's no release date yet on that. And then Hawkeye, the series, excuse me, is coming to Disney Plus. Again, there's no release date on that series. And then She Hulk, another Disney Plus series that doesn't have a release date. And then Moon Knight is coming. To Disney Plus, but that doesn't have a release date yet. Secret Invasion is a Disney Plus series that doesn't have a a release date yet. And then Ironheart is also getting her own show on Disney Plus, but that doesn't have a release date yet. So it'll be interesting to see Riri Williams finally get her Marvel Cinematic Universe debut, but we'll have to see when whenever that comes out. Armor Wars is another Disney Plus series that has yet to announce a release date. So R- James Rhodes or Roadie, if you've seen any of the Marvel Studios movies, or War Machine, like he's getting his own show on Disney Plus, so that's awesome. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is coming Disney Plus in 2022. And that's going to be directed by James Gunn, who directed the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies and is coming back to do the third one. So that will be awesome to see. Very much looking forward to that. And speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, I am Groot is a Disney Plus original series that doesn't have a release date yet. And I'm assuming that it'll have Vin Diesel as Groot, but but we don't know that yet. And I'm sure more info will come later on. And then next up, we have Thor Love and Thunder. That's coming to theaters May 6th, 2022 with Christian Bale joining the cast. So that will be interesting to see. I'm or I wonder what character Christian Bale is going to play. I think he's going to play the villain, but I'm not entirely sure about that. So don't take my word for it, but either way, I am interested in Thor: Love and Thunder, so I'll look out for that. And then and then Blade is coming to theaters. So, so Marvel made a movie back in, what, the 90s or early 2000s? They made, like, you know, the Blade movies, but now Blade is making his Marvel Cinematic Universe debut, and Mahershala Ali will be playing Blade. So, so that'll be... That'll be pretty interesting, though. Though, I guess it kinda negates him playing Cottonmouth in the Luke Cage series on Netflix. So, I guess, you know, the Netflix series aren't really MCU canon anymore. But, you know, I guess that's just the way it goes with the streaming wars. Anyway, moving on. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania is coming to theaters. We don't have a release date yet. So, and I enjoyed both of the Ant-Man movies thus far. So I'll be looking out for that. And then Black Panther 2 is coming to theaters July 8th, 2022. With Marvel Studios not recasting Chadwick Boseman's role... Of the Black Panther or T'Challa, like they're they're not going to recast him. So, which I understand, and you know, you know, much respect to to Marvel Studios and Disney for choosing not to do that. But yeah, it's her rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, and. I do, or I am looking forward to this movie, and I hope that it'll be a great, I hope there'll be like, you know, good, there'll be a good tribute to Chadwick Boseman, even though I know that that the Disney Plus version of the original Black Panther movie has a special Marvel Studios opening that, you know, pays tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I do hope that we're to see some sort of tribute to Chadwick Boseman in Black Panther 2. But anyway, I guess we'll uh, have to wait and see on that. But... Last but not least with the Marvel Studios announcements is that we're finally getting one of the characters that that Marvel Studios, thanks to their parent company, Disney, had acquired from 21st Century Fox, which, you know, previously had, you know, the the Deadpool franchise, the X-Men franchise, and the Fantastic Four. So, Fantastic Four finally got a movie announcement from Marvel Studios. So, it is official. The Fantastic Four will finally be making their Marvel Cinematic Universe debut. And, you know, like I'm happy that we'll finally, 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 get a decent Fantastic Four movie, because we haven't gotten that, especially with the 2015 Fantastic Four, directed by Josh Trank. That movie was just god-awful. But then, I mean, and it makes the mid-2000s Fantastic Four movies look like a fucking masterpiece in comparison, but yeah, Fantastic Four... Is finally uh, making their Marvel Cinematic Universe debut. Um, so, very happy to see that. And that wraps it up for the Marvel Studios announcements. And then, finally, the final Disney-owned brand that we'll talk about is Lucasfilm. And so, Lucasfilm has a bunch of content mostly Star Wars related but there are some non-Star Wars related stuff coming as well from Lucasfilm and I'll talk about that a little bit once we get towards the end but let's just get all the Star Wars content out of the way because you know that's going to be the bulk of Lucasfilm's announcements so First up, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka, which are both both of those Disney Plus original series are set within the timeline of The Mandalorian and, you know, they'll be coming to Disney Plus. So I don't know much about Rangers of the New Republic, but Ahsoka, considering Rosario Dawson's debut as the character in in live-action form on The Mandalorian. I think this is in pretty good hands, so I'm not worried about that. And then I'll also watch Rangers of the New Republic as well, so very much looking forward to both of those, and I'll keep an eye out for them on Disney+. And the next up is Andor, which, as the name implies is a series about Cassian Andor from Rogue One and that is coming in 2022 to dis- or to Disney Plus so I'm very much looking forward to Andor because I enjoyed Cassian Andor's character in Rogue One so yeah very much looking forward to Cassian Andor's series and then next up is Obi-Wan Kenobi, which stars both Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen from the Star Wars prequel movies. So that will be pretty awesome to see. I'm very much looking forward to that. That's probably one of the Star Wars Things that I'm most looking forward to. And next up is Star Wars The Bad Batch. That's coming soon to Disney+, Plus, which is a spinoff of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which I thoroughly enjoyed as a kid and still as an adult. And I very much liked seeing the finale or the series finale of that earlier this year. So yeah. I'm very much looking forward to the bad batch. And some people have to take a, a double take on the title of this show because like it just looks like like the title is Star Wars the Bad Bitch. Which mind you I wouldn't mind having a Star Wars show of that title with just just have Asajj Ventress as the main character. And we'll be set uh, with Star Wars the Bad Bitch. I'm just kidding. Let me let me stop being horny on main. But anyway, Star Wars the Bad Batch is coming soon to Disney+. And then next up is Star Wars Visions, which is an anime anthology that that's similar to... The Animatrix or Batman Gotham Knight, in which there'll be different shorts directed by different anime directors. So that'll be interesting to see. I do hope that maybe like Shinichiro Watanabe gets to do one because he did one for the Animatrix and I'm sure that he's a Star Wars fan. But if not, like I still... Or I still want him to do one because he's my favorite anime director. I love a lot of his work. But do let me know which anime directors you would like to see do a short for Star Wars Visions on social media or on Discord. Anyway, that's coming to Disney Plus in 2021. So I'm very happy that it's coming sooner rather than later because the anticipation is killing me but yeah and the next up is lando that's in development for disney plus no release date has been announced yet and then the acolyte is a mystery thriller set in the final days of the high republic era that's coming to Disney Plus. Both Lando and the Acolyte, I should mention, are series, but not movies. So I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but I just want to make that clear. And then a droid story is an animated series about a droid guided by R2D2 and C3PO. And that is coming to Disney Plus as well. So I'm very interested in that, just to see how the droids interact and, and you know, just maybe if we'll see other droids, because I'm always interested in the droids from, from Star Wars. I especially loved K2SO from uh, Rogue One. I think he's probably the best droid that I've seen. In Star Wars, what is your favorite droid? Let me know on social media or on Discord. But yeah, that wraps it up for the Star Wars content. Disney also announced uh, Willow that's coming to Disney+. Plus. I haven't watched the original movie Willow that came out in like, I believe the 80s. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. But then Disney also announced that Indiana Jones 5 is coming and I haven't watched any of the Indiana Jones movies either. So like, so I wouldn't really know what's going on, but I will probably look for those on, or I'll look for those original four Indiana Jones movies on Paramount Plus since Paramount still has the rights to the original four Indiana Jones movies. So, yeah. But last but not least in non-Star Wars content, and last but not least of all of the announcements that I found interesting, is Children of Blood and Bone, which is a movie based on... The Book of the Same Name by Tomi Adeyemi. And that is being developed by Lucasfilm and 20th Century Studios. So, so I think that's pretty awesome because it's, you know, it's a book from a Nigerian author. And as a Nigerian American, that's pretty interesting to me. So I'll definitely be watching that. In addition to it being a er an adaptation of a book by a Nigerian author, Children of Blood and Bone is also a movie based on the book er Children of Blood and Bone is also a movie that is the first collaboration between Lucasfilm and 20th Century Studios since Red Tails in 2012. And that was before both Lucasfilm and 20th Century Studios were owned by Disney. So it's kind of full circle here. <laughs> As, yeah, that's full circle. Anyway, and remember how I said that that was the last, or that a a droid story was the last of the Star Wars content? Yeah, it looks like that was a lie. Um, Or, well, not that it was a lie, but that I'd forgotten that I had more Star Wars content. So I'll just quickly go through two of the other Star Wars things that um, were announced first is a new Star Wars movie that's being directed by Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok. That's in development. No release date or title has been announced yet, but I'm sure we'll get something at some point. But yeah, I mean, he directed or he directed one of the best episodes of season one of The Mandalorian, so I'm very much looking forward to a Star Wars movie directed by Taika Waititi. And then finally, for real this time, for the Star Wars content is Star Wars Rogue Squadron, which is being directed by Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman 1984, which is just a few days away from release at the time of this recording. So that is pretty, that's pretty good to see. And we saw like the little video of Patty Jenkins skating toward the SUV so, and putting on the helmet, so I'm pretty interested in seeing what Patty Jenkins can bring to the Star Wars world, and I'm also interested in seeing her new movie, Wonder Woman 1984, which is, again, a few days away from release, but that wraps it up for the for all of the all of the Star Wars content, all of the Lucasfilm content and all of the content that was announced on Disney Investor Day. And believe it or not, there's still some stuff that I would have liked to see even though we got a fuck ton of announcements. ...from Disney, which I'm glad um, we're getting so much content from them. There is still some stuff that I wish that they had announced, such as... First, a Kingdom Hearts series, and I talked about this a little bit... ...in the Rise of Video Game Adaptations segment, so I'll refer you back to that episode, which you can find... The Rise of Video Game adaptations in the title of that episode, but I forget which number it is. (laughs) Anyway, I would very much like to see a Kingdom Hearts series, and I think Disney Plus would be the perfect place to put it, because Disney Plus is just... it is a streaming service where it's not... It's not beholden to the rules of TV. So they can get really weird with the story and take it into different places based on the video games or or even the manga that's come out in recent years. But also, and this is like the biggest bummer from... Disney investor day is that we didn't get a revival of the Deadpool cartoon that that Donald and Steven Glover had tried to make before the Disney acquisition was made or was final so that that is a huge bummer and I do wish that Disney would make that cartoon because people love Atlanta on FX and and like I said in my segment on the Deadpool cartoon that was never made like I think the appeal of a Deadpool cartoon being made by the same creators of Atlanta is very much is very much there so I do hope that Disney capitalizes on that because that is something that I think a lot of people, including myself, want to see. I want to see what Donald Glover's take on Deadpool would have been. And I'm just sad that Marvel didn't want that to be made before the Disney acquisition of 21st Century Fox was finalized. So I do hope that with a new regime at Marvel Studios under Kevin Feige and the fact that both FX and Marvel are now sister companies under Disney, I do hope that we do get that at some point and that the production on that would, you know, resume. But... I guess that's something we'll have to wait and see for maybe someone should start a petition for that. I don't know, but we'll just have to uh wait and see for that. But let me know what you thought of of Disney Investor Day. There was a lot I've been talking for more than an hour. What did you think of Disney Investor Day? What What content are you most excited for? Did you like any of the content that Disney had announced? Did you hate any of the content that Disney had announced? Let me know your thoughts on social media or on Discord. We'll have links to that in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button depending on which platform you're listening on and we can continue the conversation there but that is going to do it for this topic. Sandra Bland, Terrence Crutcher, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Mike Brown, Alton Sterling, Ahmad Arbery, Walter Scott, Brianna Taylor, Eric Harris, George Floyd, Tony Robinson, Keith Childress, Romaine Brisbane, Betty Jones, Tamir Rice, Kevin Matthews, Laquan McDonald, Michael Noel, Michael Brown Jr., Roy Nelson, Eric Garner. These are just some of the names of people who have been murdered by police and have gotten either a slap on the wrist or have gotten away with committing such a heinous crime scot-free. If you are an American, or even if you're not an American, you should be outraged by this, as I am. This cannot continue to happen, and it speaks to a very long history of racism and police brutality here in the United States of America, and also in other countries as well. Police brutality is not a U.S. exclusive problem. It's happening around the globe. So, how can you help stop this? Well, you can go and protest, but be Very peaceful about it, of course. And if you don't want to go to the protests, that's fine. You can also donate to many different charities that are helping with the cause. If you can't do that, you can also sign petitions to help the cause as well. And share those petitions. And for all of these suggestions that I've made you can do all of them and encourage your friends and family to do the same because staying silent is staying complicit and we cannot stay complicit any longer this change needs to happen now and so I just want to leave you with this message black lives matter Always and forever. All lives cannot matter until black lives matter. Remember that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cells and Circuits podcast. Remember to wear a mask, wash your hands, and practice social distancing as much as possible. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, I'll have a link in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. And that's it. Our intro and outro music is made by Tiffy3. I'm Chibeze Anukor, signing off.